Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi everybody, Russ and my Hammers 11, hope you're safe and well. I just realised I'm still in my Christmas jumper, apologies. Um, we are Christmas, this, this is not going to age very well now, is it, thinking about it. People are going to look at it in January and go, what the hell is he wearing? Um, hope, you're, <laughs> hope you're all safe and well. If you're new channel, please consider subscribing and hitting the bell icon so you made it every time. There's new content. On as always, I'd like to thank our channel sponsors, Untuck It. Um, today's guest, uh, lifelong fan, uh, is Chris Beard. Hi Chris, how are you man? Yeah, not too bad, not too bad. I'm just pleased to, um, hopefully it's acceptable for a man in his 50s to wear a football shirt in his own house. So, uh, um, no, all good. Uh, strange times, but um, as we said earlier, what can you do? Yeah. Nothing you can do, apart from sit around in your, in your football shirt. And um, Exactly. And you're right, you're in, it's not like you can go anywhere. No, 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 apart from what Sainsbury's is a day out now, isn't it? You get all dressed up and, you know, it's like when you think, oh, what's really state? Well, I'm going to go to the shops. Okay, you're going to see the shops. Well, that's your day you planned out. Um, yeah. yeah, I know. My, my wife was up at um, half six today to get to Marx's. Well, see, Marx's, so we're doing all right, you oh. see, Marx's, um, to get the Christmas shopping. Um, and yeah. she like, well, I'm half six on what the hell are you doing woman but apparently they were queuing around the block you know because obviously all the, oh. you know, all the all the borders are shut now they're closing all the borders yeah, so yeah. There's, there's going to be no uh there'll be no uh french there'll be no brie there'll be no camembert coming in oh. so you'll have to have somerset brie instead or something exactly, you know? yeah can they call it somerset breeze yeah it's probably one of those ones that isn't <laughs> it's like you know it's like uh Cheddar Gorge cheddar can only come from Cheddar Gorge, can't it? And so uh mm. the pies, but you know, that's the thing, you know, it's it's not just the stuff coming in, but the stuff going out. We're gonna be yeah. eating pies till God knows when now and Yorkshire pasta uh, Cornish pasties and stuff like that. But yeah, as you said, there's nothing you can do about it, you just gotta sit down and eat mince pies, really, isn't it? Exactly. Uh, I've had a few too many of those already, unfortunately. Yeah, so, uh, my, my lockdown pod was not what it was intended to be in March, but hey ho. Um, and obviously, West Ham are keeping it entertained, aren't they? Well, yeah. Um, we'll, we'll, we'll see how we feel about that after tonight. But um, yeah, Chelsea, why is it Chelsea? Well, it is, so, uh, yeah. But yeah, they're doing all right at the moment, um, which makes a nice change. It does. It makes a change thinking when every team comes up it was like i was thinking about it today actually someone asked me what my prediction was and i was not going to reveal it because this will go out after the chelsea game um but and then i'll say what a genius i'm on twitter um but anyway uh and and this is i can there's not many times in my west ham fan career where going to chelsea isn't necessarily us going to a big club it, you know we're very very close in league stature to them at the moment mm -hmm. uh, that's weird that's weird for me rather than feel like oh we got chelsea this week you know like it's you know we're we're sort of we're, we're so humble we're going to chelsea but you know I, I, at the moment this team anyone i, I fancy us against anyone on their day um to be honest. Yeah. Uh, and, and that's a really nice thing to 
to be able to think of you know it's it's nice not necessarily it's nice being on the first page of a league table um you know not yeah. having to scroll down mostly to territory exactly <laughs> it's like you know those guys on arsenal fan tv and they're like moaning their 15th god what well, we wouldn't been to 15th last season do you know what i mean it's like you know you know count your blessings guys you yeah. know but uh know. Yeah, could, could be worse could get we could have aladici as our manager so <clears throat> uh, although to be fair to be fair to Sir big sam um he did a job didn't he mm. he did a job and he got yeah. us up and so and to be and also to be fair to him that's probably the last time i think until the current regime of manager that there was a a, a system a plan do you know what yeah. i mean it yeah. seems like you know uh, god bless him slav and 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 um and pellegrini it was it was a little bit more like there was no structure it was like all of this but we'll we'll change the formations we'll do this we'll play this mm. time and then we'll change it for this we're like sam had like a blueprint to get us into the premier league and it worked and and moisey's now twice put this plan into action this you know originally it's three five two but now he's mm. but there seems to be something being built do you know there seems to be like yeah um like a project being built you know the people yeah. he's bringing in the backroom staff the the yeah. fan the, the players rather he's bringing in mm. um and that's quite nice it's quite encouraging mm. um even after before big sam probably the last one was i mean i can't even think of one i mean i think even thinking the red nap here was a bit chaotic there was no i wouldn't say there was a, a system in play was it, it was like you know just yeah. people one, one aging left back for another um how, how yeah. many players can i sign <laughs> yeah so it's a bit weird but you know long may it continue and as i said mm. you know if we're not i mean I'm really funny but, you know technically it could be by christmas we could be on the verge of safety so well it's it's funny you say that it, it it's strange isn't it how we've had two managers who did really well with good players yeah. like pellegrini and afram grant um you know at the top of the league and they did have Van Gogh win he, he won the Premier League yeah or he won or definitely Champions League I think he might have won yeah, Champions, yeah. Champions League and yeah. um, um Pellegrini win, wins it with City yeah come comes to a club with maybe a, a lesser quality of player maybe doesn't have the money behind them and and struggles and it's really strange um but yeah, yeah, I, know, I, agree. I, I agree. I mean, that's why I'd like to see Guardiola or um, a Klopp at a lower club to see how well they do. Yeah, yeah, but they're not stupid. No, <laughs> <laughs> managers aren't stupid. The top yeah. managers would only go to top teams who've got money. You know, exactly. Like, best best yeah. manager in the world, but he's got. 500 million to spend yeah and, uh, i could probably be the best manager in the world with 500 million it's not like you know it's no. like it, it's not um it, it, i don't yeah i don't wanna, i don't want to belittle them because i think they are fantastic managers and to be honest Klopp is one of the the ones who i always admire because he is probably bar mr Moyes, he's the only manager i i remember seeing uh during the the the, the teams warming up to be on the pitch so he will actually right. be on the clock and he always sits and stands that center spot and just watches he always used to just watch west Ham warming up and it's such a simple thing to do yeah. but you, you know because you could see if someone's like favoring their leg or if someone's not on it or if someone looks really you know really on their game even with mm. the park you know when the people are warming up um, and obviously can re can relay that back and moisey doesn't look at the opposition he's too busy you know doing the training but Mm. stuff like that is simple little things make a big difference and um he's the only one I've, I've seen who's done that um and yeah you're right they couldn't yeah they're the best manager in the world but they got 500 billion when if you go and spend how much they spent on van dyke and and salah and Mane, you know it's it's not surprising yeah. really you think of the teams but uh having said that though there have been managers as well who've done really well without the money and as soon as yeah. they've gone somewhere with money it's been a disaster well, I mean, to respect Mr. Moyes, really, wasn't it? Everton, he had a shoestring, mm, yeah, yeah, and got them, you know, in, into Europe and stuff, and then mm. then went to Man United. And I mean, he was on hide to nothing, really, there because the squad was completely aging and hasn't been yeah. reinvested for years. But didn't really do it, did he? Um, and so, 
yeah, and it, 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 it's strange when you look at them. I mean, you look at someone like, I mean, someone like Ancelotti. You know, he he obviously moved, you know, from Italy, came into Everton, spent a lot of money. You know, they're like fourth now, fourth or fifth now. Yeah, uh, doing all right. Um, and so, yeah, it'd be interesting to see someone like um, the Southampton manager with a bit of money behind him because he's because mm. he's, he's obviously yeah, he's he's a, and and Southampton are great greatly run club you know fantastic infrastructure and stuff and mm. interesting although i did notice today that we're 10th god Moy's out we're 10th at the moment that's a bit of a drop isn't it that southampton guy though, i've got a mate who's a southampton fan actually and i, I said to him how has he gone from nine nil to just yeah straight up you know that was the worst they got and then they just i mean it was it's an incredible turnaround crazy isn't it it's crazy mm. but, 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 you know in, in a similar way to i think what, what Moyes is trying to build at west ham southampton have had that infrastructure built in they've got the analysts mm. they've got the youth recruitment they've got a system which is played throughout their sort of club so if a manager has a poor run and, and gets sacked then someone else will, will slot in to that system mm. the, the football is set very similar to, similar to brentford brentford is exactly the same you know they have a system in play and if one manager's out they put another one in and there's not like a uh sort of a shock to the system a complete step change in, in how the yeah. team can run but uh yeah no it's it's i mean as you said we're on like 20 21 points now you've got to think what was that another uh nine was it 19 to go so six games Six six games on the draw, six wins on the draw. Yeah, but we'll be safe by Christmas. Well, I, I couldn't believe it actually, because when the fix just came out, I like probably a lot of us was thinking, where is a point coming from there? You yeah. know, I I honestly thought after seven games we'd we'd be lucky to have two points. Yeah. Um, but I think Moyes has done really well bringing in Nolan um, and Pierce, uh, so he's got a very British coaching team. Yeah. Um, and Kevin Nolan, since he's come in, I think he's he's obviously made an impact. Yeah, um, oh, totally. Because uh, defensively, we look a lot better. I mean, we there's a bit Keystone Cops at times last year. Yeah. Um, but a bonner this season is just he's a changed player. I mean, he's always been a good defender, but he's he's gone up a level this year. Mm. Oh, he has, and he's he's just this like. Um, I don't know how to describe it. As you said, he's always been good, but he's just this last year, particularly, and this year now, he's just like gone up a level, you know. And it's it's it's, it's, it's lovely to see because he is a good player. You know, there's a good player in there, and and Moyes does have this like I call it. I put a verb to Moisify. You know, he has Moisified lots of players. Um, not just one, or even on his first stint. You know, on Outovich classic example yeah you know he was sort of relatively floundering as a right back a right winger um yeah. under village and not really doing much not really obviously he's 20 million pounds like price day whatever it was um boys came in and was just like you know put him up front same as he's done with antonio same as he's done with cresswell four nails yeah, um, yeah. You know, he's he's not he's he, he's a He's a clever man. He's a clever man. He's our, he's our, uh, he's our Moisey. And um, yeah, the people around him, as you said, Kevin Nolan, you know, the effect he's making in terms. And what I like about us now is we've got a bit of grit about us now. Mm. Yeah. Like, you know, we've we, Suchek and Rice in the centres. You know, they're, they're, they're two. They're, they oh. they be about them two. Um, corners, we've got an aerial threat all the time. We always look like we We never look like we're beaten at the moment. Um, mm. which is a great mentality to have. People, you know, where before some players would be criticised for not necessarily playing, you know, 100%, playing for the shirt. I don't think you can say that with, with not many people in our squad now. Um, they all seem to put a shift in. They might not, they might, you know, be technically mm. very good or whatever, but they're having a go for most of them. Um and it would—I mean, I would. God, fucking on the touchline, you turn around, you got Moisey shouting here, Alan Irvine, you got bloody Kevin Nolan, Stuart Pearce. Mm. You're going half time and not put a, a shift in because you've got absolutely rinsed by them. Um, but yeah, long mate, continue, man. Long mate, continue. Uh, yeah, I mean, like, like you say, I mean, Cresswell. I've always liked Cresswell, but he was struggling in a back four last year, and uh, he's been reinvented. 
um, in a three coup foul, five million quid. I yeah. mean, what a signing. And I don't think Moyes has made a bad signing yet, whereas the Pellegrini era was skeptical approach. I mean, Simon Zazza, you know, there was no thought behind it, was there, you know, in that time. Yeah. Although Zazza was, was it Bilic? Um, was it Bilic's second season yeah. he came in? Whereas Kufal, Suchek, hardly cost much, but they're part of, they've done a fantastic job. Yeah. Um, yeah and I've just got fingers crossed in January we keep Suchek and Rice. Because yeah. losing one would be bad, but to lose both would be a disaster. Yeah, I think I think the fact that the team are performing well plays into our advantage keeping them. I, I, you know, Hopefully. I think personally, mm. I mean, I've likened it to a bad relationship where you sort of like yeah. you know you, you wait to the next event. So it's like you know wait for Christmas when Christmas is over if it's still together we'll wait till after Valentine's Day and it's yeah. like you know then it's all we'll wait to the summer holiday to Easter wait to summer holiday <laughs> like summer is like transfer windows you know we'll wait till this January after January we can relax a little bit and then come summer you know we, yeah. I think it's going to be like that for the next couple of years I reckon at least another 18 months I think that mm. um, but the fact that the team are doing well means that that likelihood of them leaving is is less and less and you know if if, if the right players are coming in and, and, and stuff like that then you know i mean i i'm 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 a firm believer that, that mr rice is an extremely astute person yeah and um he knows how the fans feel about mark noble um, and you know when mark plays as six we put him down as a seven and you know he could be he could be one of them players who, you know, be a massive fish in a very small pond at West Ham. Um, Absolutely. I mean, he's in the England squad, so that, yeah. that's a, that's a starter. You know, that, that that in the past has been the thing, hasn't it? Yeah. Uh, he's there. He's a regular starter, so he doesn't need to to go elsewhere for England. But it's the trophies thing that um, yeah that you, you you couldn't blame him. But I do hope he stays yeah. for another two three years. You never know. You couldn't blame him. I mean, we were literally, you know, walking him out the door in the summer, it would seem, by everyone. It was like, oh, yeah, yeah. No, he's and good luck to him. And yeah. Um, but yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens. But it's exciting, isn't it? I mean, there's, some, there's always something to talk about at West Ham. And, and you know, at the moment, oh, it, yeah. it, <laughs> so it's, it's quite good. So, Chris, the first question he says, 16 minutes into chatting, is, is why are you a West Ham fan? What's, what's your story about being a West Ham fan? Well, it's purely, I mean, I'm, I'm both born, uh, born in Surrey, um, <clears throat> excuse me, and then we moved about a lot uh, as a kid. We did, I lived in seven, seven areas uh, because my late dad worked in London and Norwich, so we moved from the southeast to Norwich, southeast to Norwich, blah, blah, blah. Um, but dad was a West Ham fan and granddad was a West Ham fan. My mum was a Manchester United fan, but she's got an excuse. She was actually born in Manchester. Sure. So her and her sister used to go and go to Old Trafford and watch Georgie Best play, you know, whereas dad watched Bobby Moore play. Yeah. Um, so I had a choice. Uh, I like the claret and blue, you know, the stories of Bobby Moore and all that. But then we won the cup in 1975. And so I had to become a glory hunter, didn't I? Because Man United weren't that great then, you know. Um, if I knew then what I knew now, <laughs> no. Um, it gets boring winning all the time. So um, It's character building, I think. Exactly, exactly. So, plus, it, it was a lot closer. I mean, um, we were about an hour and a half away from, from Upton Park, whereas on Trafford was up north. So, uh, so I went with Dad. And so it's a, it was a family a family trait really, um, but um, so yeah, that was it. Just went with, with my dad, yeah. loved the, the the claret and blue, and just grew up with all those great players that we had at the time, you know. And um, Trevor Brookin, all time hero, uh, and un unlike a favourite film or a favourite record, it never changes. You're stuck with it. That, very true yeah that's that's a really true adage to be honest yeah you're yeah unlike your, your favorite movie or your christmas movie or at the moment um which can change from from year to year your your favorite yeah. player your favorite team 
doesn't and uh yeah that's a really interesting way of looking at it actually you're totally right um oh well, yeah. definitely i mean it, it it just never it, it you know throughout all the the peaks and troughs as you well know um i might criticize them and have a bit of a pop on the internet and all this sort of thing but it's it's always my team it's always going to be my team the first time i went to upton park as well i it, it would never change no never change there no. i was on my orange box used to take an orange box about you know that big to stand yeah. on because i'm only five foot six and i was probably only about three foot one uh, when i was ten <laughs> um and what uh, what used to make me laugh was that um when we scored you'd all pile forward uh yeah. about 10 rows or whatever and always go back i would always end up standing on the orange box again which is a bit strange you know? um like and, to the, and of course the fans would sort of pass you to the front anyway if you were short um but that got a bit embarrassing when i was about 21 you know and sort of like put me down but you know, stand at the back now yeah. <laughs> um, as, as um but yeah just the, just the players and yeah. um but mum did have a glint in her eye a few years later when they get you know it kept winning the league you know she would say to me well you had your choice you know <laughs> but, but there we go yeah but that's how it all started really um there is a there is a photograph of me somewhere in an arsenal kit with a bit of football under my arm, and I have no idea how that came about. But thankfully, it's it's long disappeared. That so, yeah, uh, but um, yeah, that's I don't know where that came from. That's the thing, as you said, like you know, once you're in, you once you're in, you're in. You know, I haven't interviewed mm. anyone in, in these two hundred and fifty odd interviews where they've gone. Yeah, I went to my first game. It was all right. It was all right. Everyone's gone. Yes, it first one. I was hooked. From then on, that was it. I was in and. Uh, very much that's 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 still the case isn't it it seems uh yeah and because it is it's just so it's just like a overload of senses isn't it it's the it's the smells the sounds it's going with your old man it's oh. the and, um i think that's what people really miss not necessarily the football totally. uh, is that togetherness which obviously people can't do at the moment which is and people try and make do you know and on, mm. on or, or watch alongs or things like that on youtube and stuff but mm. it's that um that going to the pub it's that uh it's that sort of you know well it used to be upton park particularly that that, that, that oh. crack ed on the way in and all that type of stuff and uh all the pie and mash or any of that and you know i think that's what people miss you know the totally. last 15 or 16 games mm. it's been in a home for you know behind closed doors mm. and yeah it's it's it's, it's well, a shame well we used to have uh, i mean what i really miss actually because uh, dad died 20 years ago sure. um but our routine was we we get a we get a train up from uh from sussex generally yeah. uh that took about 45 minutes um and then we get on the underground do 15 stops on the district line come out of upton park station and we'd always go for fish and chips um can't remember the name of the chippy now uh, there were a couple around there but it was um can't remember the name of the road and maybe it was the barking road um and we'd always have fish and chips there but we we were there about two and a half three hours before the game so yeah. it was always fish and chips and then we'd walk to the club shop which in those days the the younger days it was just a porter cabin it was yeah, on yeah. The forecourt you know and uh uh, they put they put the uh the logo on for for a quid or something um uh and, and it was just the same routine with dad and uh and when he died um because i didn't have too many mates who were west end friends mm. i then went up on my own um i started to drive to be honest uh rather than the train but i would always do the same routine i'd go and have fish and chips before the game um and uh and then go and have a look around the shop really yeah. buy the thing but have a quick yeah. look you know and then uh and then go and sit and watch the game and um, oh yeah so. I, I still did i i i chris i used to do exactly the same thing um yeah. my, my granddad me and my grand and my brothers we used to go to uh cans the old little the fish and chip shop on the corner by the uh you know by the 
Billy, uh, Billy Bond and Trevor Brookie Memorial. Um, we used to go there every week um, when I was seen the older there. Uh, and even when I was work, starting to work there, when my granddad was still alive, we'd do the same thing. And then also when he passed, I would still do that. You know, I'd still yeah. get around silly early to get to get me, me half pounder and chips. Um, yeah. You know, because um, I'd get that silly to silly o'clock. Um, to get to the ground early anyway to you know we have to be at the game four hours before anyway so um yeah it's, you just did you, did, you, did you have the hot dog on the way home as well i always used no. to justify it you know no. fish and chips before the game and a hot dog afterwards because no. i was football you know uh, <laughs> sometimes, um, I get, sometimes i get two two bags of sweets for a pound if i was sitting a bit fruity <laughs> on the way home if you'd won a game um, but no, not a hot dog, not a cheap hot dog on the uh, way home, so a mm. half price. But no, it's a, it's funny how things like that just pop into your memory, isn't it? It's like the other day, oh, I yeah, walked, yeah. Past, walked past a, uh, a fish and chip shop um, when you could go outside, and um, and uh, it smelt like that cheap burger smell, and, yeah, uh, and yeah. it just took straight back, straight back, straight back to Upton Park, and totally. my granddad. It's funny, isn't it? Just like how things can trigger off a, a memory by smell mm. or or someone saying something in a certain phrase mm. um so, so i heard someone say the other day uh, someone asked me what the time was and i went oh it's five and twenty to ten and i've never said that never in my life my granny used to always say that <laughs> it was almost like he was like saying i'm still here i'm still around yeah five and twenty doing 25 to 10 yeah i did yeah yeah, yeah. five <laughs> and ten so random isn't it things that like happen but uh no it's and, and, and that's what it's about it's about that's why i think west ham white such an unusual place it's all about you know the fans are just it's all about the community the familyness as you said tradition mm. um and i think that's why people who aren't west ham fans watch this channel as well because we are unique as you said been a lot of thick and thin mainly thin not thick mm. um but we still have this incredible passion loyalty for our yep. team um and and it's, it's a global loyalty and passion you know we're a little funny little club in east london but we've got mm. fans you know all over the world i've interviewed and um it, it puts into perspective you know how how big our fan base is how big we are as a club i think sometimes we forget that i think sometimes we we, we compare ourselves to the likes of man united and and stuff like that who have you as you said won lots of things um mm. we have fuck all but we've still got a huge global fan base we are Absolutely. A big club. we just don't we still have this little club mentality in our head and uh, yeah yeah i mean I, it was the fans for me as well to be fair because when me and my dad were going we, we'd generally be in the north bank um yeah. standing and you, you know i could always remember the peanut setup you know peanuts peanuts and somebody at the back would want some peanuts throw throw a pan coin or something or whatever yeah. he'd catch it he'd throw the peanuts to him and <laughs> he'd catch it about 30 yards away you know and uh but when i started going on my own i got a bit lazy and i went in the in the west end to sit um and i would always uh i've always done this it's a bit embarrassing really but whether i go to a football match or a or a, a, a cinema or a theater if i book online i try to get a seat at the end of a row just yeah. in case if i go to the loo i'm not going to upset anybody you know yeah, <laughs> so yeah. um so i always did that but the people would chat to you you'd get there early and unlike a cinema at west ham people you'd have a chat with the guy next year yeah. even though you would probably never met him in your life but then the next time you'd go you'd be sitting in a similar area and you you'd recognize the guy you were next to last time and you stop on the steps and have a chat with the guy you know and and people would talk and chat there was none of this just sitting there nobody chatting and it was it was lovely they were very welcoming um you know and uh that they always used to say to me well why are you a brighton fan because i'm not too far from brighton and i said because i'm a west ham fan i've always been a west ham fan you know? yeah so um, yeah but as you said it's that sort of togetherness isn't it and and you've yeah. always had that so yeah, it's probably a lot easier to get to Brighton, but uh, no, <laughs> he didn't because you're a West Ham fan, and, and I think that's I think that's what what people uh, a lot of people could have done a lot easier. You know, there's, there's a lot lot of people you know, the Transpennine Hammers and the the the, the Jockney Irons, and you know, yeah. as well as the guys in 
bloody America and Hong Kong and Japan, but they, they, they stick to that club and they might not have any geographical reason to stick to that club, but it's just mm. them at an early age or even at a late age for some people. They come into you know, the game quite late um, and, and that's it. It's just pulled them in. And it's, it's a bizarre thing when you think about it in, in retrospect, you know, why someone is a fan and, 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 you know, because it's, it's not the most glamorous thing to be, but... But, yeah. No, it's it's great. The only problem I had was when I got a train up um, to West Ham Brighton games up to Bart because I had to go on the train with all the Brighton fans. Um, but uh, oh, funny story about that actually. I don't even remember the uh, we beat Brighton six nil uh, at Upton Park back in was it two thousand eleven two thousand twelve? Yeah. Can't remember. And uh, just before the game. <clears throat> I'd never done this, and I haven't done it since, but they, they used to have a little betting shop in Upton Park, up the, up the stairs. You know, you'd have your workout going up at the top of the West End, yeah. um, and then there was a little betting shop, and I thought, I'm going to have a little, you know, a little flutter today. So I think I put 15 quid on, on a, a five on three nil, five on four nil, and five on five nil. And... Um, <laughs> You see what's going, going yeah. Uh So three, three, three nil up. I thought, oh yeah, it's not bad odds. You know, and then they got fourth. I thought, oh, yeah, can't remember how much it was, but a couple of hundred quid or whatever. Then got a five nil with about five minutes to go. And I'm thinking in my head, that'll do. It's <laughs> the only yeah. time in my life I didn't want West Ham to score another goal. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. And then the sixth went in uh, about the 89th minute. I hadn't put any money on that. Mm -hmm. The guy next to me, when the game finished, I was about the only one just sitting there. The guy next to me said, you'd had a bet on that, haven't you? I said, yeah, 6-0. <laughs> what could you do? So I went I went home. It was about the most depressed I'd ever been after a 6-0 West Ham. Oh, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Every cloud, though, every cloud, though. Yeah, yeah exactly, exactly. Yeah. I think that's the last time we beat them, uh, I think. Quite possibly, quite possibly. Because um, um, yeah. I went... Um, I'm ashamed to say I've only been to the London Stadium once. Uh, and that was, <clears throat> excuse me, um, a couple of years ago. Uh, I've got a couple of old school friends who I hadn't seen since I left school, which was back in 1984. And uh, one of the lads lives in uh, Los Angeles. And he said he was coming over for the first time in, in years and did I want to catch a game. So three of us met up for the first time in 30 years. Two of us were West Ham fans. The other guy was a Brown fan, and we we went up to the London Stadium and saw the uh, the two two. Uh, I think an Artovich got two that night. Um, yeah. Might be wrong, but I, I've got to be honest. I, I it wasn't a football stadium to me. I know you know you can have this argument all night, but uh, what's your thoughts on it? Because it's I mean, it just I, seemed I, too I, big. You know. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm a, I'm a massive um, I'm a massive advocate for the stadium. Um, the, the old girl, bless her, was was falling apart. Um, not just that, but infrastructure-wise. Um, I mean, people forget there's that you know if that district lines down, then there's that long horrible walk to Barking to get on the Hammersmith and City line, or jump on the bus to get to Strat. You know, there was. Right. <laughs> you know obviously it had its charm but you know unfortunately and we spoke about this before about the game moving on and and yeah. and those old school state those old school like you know traditional stadiums less and less and less i mean look at brighton you know look at you know lots of lots of teams um you know arsenal moved out of highbury and um you know the and you know and also i think what's quite interesting you look at the teams now who are doing it down the bottom um, you got your your Fulham's and your West Broms and your Burnleys and your Sheffield United, all got old school stadiums, all got very tight stadiums. Yeah, where it shows the the impact of the crowd. But at the moment, we don't need it. You know, we could never yeah. do any sense of social distancing. At, 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 <laughs> that's for sure. So, you could have thirty thousand in there, couldn't you? And they could yeah, social I mean, distance. Exactly, easily in London Stadium. And you know, unfortunately, it is and you know, it's it's not necessarily for. <clears throat> The, the the fans who have been there for 50 60 years it's going to be for the fans who my daughter yeah. who's eight you know and and it's and it's her she only knows west ham play at london stadium obviously she i took her to upton park before mm. before we, you know, we left to so make sure she'd she'd been there she was only three she didn't know what was going on but um 
it's you know and you know infrastructure wise and you know and that's that's what people do now it's not necessarily about and, and you know even like look at like wembley how wembley's been sort of you know, rebuilt and sort of made more sort of yeah yeah it's it, it's and it's it's in football you know it is it's you know it's, it's a move away from the smaller grounds to the to the bigger multiplex you know and it, yeah and i i think it's not going to feel like home for a long time it just won't do because we were there for we're out to part for god knows how many yeah. and so it will take time um when the team are performing well it's the last thing people will criticize yeah true. Made about, um in my opinion mm. but i mean it's football is about opinion so you know some people didn't like up to I'm, I'm sure when we moved from the memorial ground to upton park there were people kicking off yeah i, th- I think it's just the seats for me i mean i, I, I was yeah. lucky enough to be at the the playoff final in um 2012 was it 13 uh wembley i was yeah it was quite good um yeah. but without a doubt the best stadium i've been to again lucky enough to get tickets to the 2006 fa cup final mm. and the millennium stadium was yeah. a magnificent yeah. stadium yeah, yeah, yeah i mean it was it was uh close considering it's a big ground you know and uh, that's the only problem with the london stadium it's just the seats are so far away um yeah. if they could drag them in a bit that, that would yeah i help. think they can, but, I think um, they're starting to do it i think obviously there's lots of restrictions but you know uh, a week's a long time in football so you know yeah. time, you, who knows what's going to happen with the london stadium you know i mean i don't yeah. you know, it's losing a lot of money it's losing a lot of money so for, for the for the you know for the, the the corporation in charge of it so who knows what's going to happen and then maybe you know obviously they're hamstrung a little bit by what they can do um it's being like a tenant you know if you're a, if you yeah. move into a house you usually can't redecorate it or put up posters yeah. but posters, you can't have any blue tack on it or you know and mm. so it's a little bit like that um but they're you know i think it's incremental steps i mean they've moved i mean unfortunately no one's been in there to see them yet um but they've moved the obviously they, they flattened up the, the the goal areas um the two goal ends so it's not um you know curved it's flat like a like a traditional football stadium that looks really good um and then who knows what's going to happen with the rest of it? But it's, it's I mean, it, it's one of the things where it's, it's, it's going to take yeah. time. It's going to take yeah. time. I, I'm, I'm a big fan of it because. You're, I mean, you're right. Um, you know, you, you know, it's just when you've been somewhere for so many years, it is a shame. You know, but. Um, yeah, I moaned about but, moving up the moving up. Mark, you know, we we were in Romford. We were in Romford, and I moved. I moaned about us literally moving the other side of the road to Hornchurch. I I was like, I don't want to move. Um, because the reason being was I'd have to get a bus and drive or walk to the station, you know, and it's like, well, actually, you're a better house than you were there, um, a bigger house, you know, so it's like it it does take time, true. Uh, and and people, I think, you know, I mean, people still moan about some of the guys from Emirates, you know, Arsenal still moan about leaving Highbury, Mm. um, particularly even now, but that was years ago they moved out of the Emirates move to the emirates and they still haven't had what they were promised necessarily so no um, true true yeah. maybe anyway, i'm being a bit harsh for us well <laughs> it's, no, it's opinions everyone's got opinions haven't they and i think that's why that's what makes football really interesting if everyone felt the same and spoke the same then it'd be pretty boring to be honest wouldn't it um because oh, everyone yeah. agree with each other so that's what's all about. right let's talk about your 11. let's talk about your 11. right yeah. okay. so um as i said the only rule we have in play is you have to be alive to have seen them play but that's the only rule you can pick whoever you want or whatever criteria however you yeah. want to pick them is, is all cool so that's that's what we'll do so let me get my pen and paper right well i've, I've literally like you say I've, I've picked this team on the basis of players i saw at their best um and yeah. saw them live i'm leaving out um the likes of Rio, frank uh michael carrick jermaine defoe glenn johnson and john cole mm-hmm. purely on the basis as i don't think i saw them at their best uh, yeah i think, I think, yeah, I think that, they yeah. they sadly moved on elsewhere i mean what a team that would have been if we kept them all um so that's the only reason why i'm leaving those guys out because i'm sure if i'd seen them at their best they'd probably be in there um i've got john lala's manager um uh, I mean, Mr. West Ham for me, uh, I mean, he was West Ham manager from when I was six years old to when I was 20 years old. Yeah. So when he was sacked, I was uh, absolutely devastated. But um, 
But in goal, uh, quite a tough one in a way. Um, Ludo comes really close second, but for, for me, it had to be Phil Parks. Yeah, sure. I mean, just a gentle giant um, between the sticks. Really unlucky that he had Sean Clemens and Corrigan ahead of him for England. So, but he did get that one cap. Yeah. Um, so that's Phil Parks at goal, right back. That's always the, the way West Ham, it seems. All, all the really great West Ham players never play for England at all or much because they've got another like four or five, you know, they're all uh-huh. like, someone like Michael Carrick. You know, if Michael Carrick, as you said, was was born five years before, five years after, he'd be an England regular, um, yeah. you know, playing every other game. Because I, I know, I think it's right what you said as well in terms of your criteria. I like it, you know seen playing at their best because that very rarely happens at west ham in particularly modern era that they play at their best at west ham um one or two yeah. but not too many so it's, it's a nice idea um yeah, but yeah epitomize that really it's interesting what you say about the international caps actually because uh, my team i did actually add up their caps and yeah. 95 in total for my team and when you think about the players that i'm going to list it's ridiculous i mean there's players that haven't got an ounce of talent, we've probably got 94 caps for England now, you know. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, Parksy, I mean, even about even about 100 caps if it hadn't been for the other three. Um, yeah. And any of those four goalkeepers would be our goalkeeper now, I think, uh, without doubt. So, totally. so Parksy in goal. Um, yep. uh, Ray Stewart right back. I mean, I couldn't really think of anybody else, to be honest. Um, play right back or centre back, absolutely solid as a rock. Yeah. Um, nice guy as well from what I hear. Um, he, he just had it, he had it all and he improved, I think, um, over the years. He he, uh, he developed into a more technical player. You know, mm-hmm. he was he was as, as tough as on boots originally, but he became a, a good passer of the ball and crosser of the ball and everything as he, mm-hmm. as he was at the club so long. He's a legend. And, um, he is. Yeah, total legend. Um, uh-huh. and just, so, Ray yeah. Stewart. Yeah. Um, moving on a left back. Um, I saw Frank Lampard play, Frank Lampard Senior, and he was a good a good player. Um, and he, he made himself a good player as well. I mean, I read all the books and heard all the interviews, how he didn't have the, the, the speed and what have you, but he practised and practised and practised. Um, but I've got to go for Julian Dix as a left back. And I met Julian as well. Um, they have these uh, evening withs, don't they? Um, and um, I, uh, I was lucky enough to go to an evening with uh, Frank Macarini and Julian Dix. And, uh, <laughs> and um, Julian was abs- absolutely fantastic. I mean, really nice fellow. Um, and what a player. I mean, yeah. um, left foot like a wand. Um, he could do everything really. Pass, shoe, header. I mean, that game against Tottenham when it was blowing a gale, I think it was, was it John Hartson's first game? Yeah. Um, Dixie was just brilliant. Um, and I'll always remember his penalty against Peter Schweinkel, uh, yeah. which just, I think Schweinkel would try to get out of the way actually. <laughs> Um, no, no one twats anymore, though, do they? They're like, I mean, you, you did that with Tonka as well. You know, no one just twats it. You know, as hard as possible. They all try and be too clever with penalties, and it's one thing again in the modern day. I think the people try and be too clever sometimes. Just put your foot through it. Put your foot through it. Yeah, I mean, if you don't know, oh, you, well, funny enough, I didn't go to too many West Ham games over the years because I played Saturdays. Well, I wasn't very yeah. good, but I, I would always play. And I used to take the penalties, and I always used to take. Julian Dix's way of taking them is if you don't know where it's going, the keeper's yeah. got no chance. Exactly. So, um, but who would you take the penalties? Get to take oh, the penalties between Stuart and yeah. Dixie. I mean, interesting, wouldn't it? Let them fight over it, like like, <laughs> like Frank and Paolo. <laughs> um, so yeah, Dixie at left back, um, and then centre backs. This was quite tough. Uh, again, you know, if I'd seen Rio. At his peak, uh, he'd probably have been in there without a doubt. Um, yeah. But I'm going for a pairing, um, and it's Alvin uh, and Tony Gale. Um, yeah. I'm sure Tony Gale will probably be happy to hear that because he likes to be 
manager, coach, yep. for a get yep. <laughs> Um Again, I haven't met Alvin, but I've met Tony Gale uh, at that evening. Uh, he was the, the compere for the yeah, evening. Yeah, yeah. And um, the other half of the time did like Tony Gale. So just for her, I'm going to put Tony Gale in. Um, uh, but they were, they were both great players. I mean, they yeah. were de decent on the floor. Still to this day, I cannot understand how why Bobby Robson dropped out in, in the World Cup after the Paraguay game. I mean, they won it 3-0. Yeah. And then he dropped him for the Argentina game. It just doesn't make any sense to me. No. Um, and I, I think I should have play, played them as a pair, like they did with, I think, uh, Russell Osman and Terry Butcher. Yeah. They played for England as a pair, and I think those two should have been given a chance. So. Uh, which next? Where do you want to go next? You go, you go, you go for the team as you got written down there, there Chris. Uh, left midfield. Go um, got the Alan Devonshire, everybody says yeah, that. Yeah, sure. Um, as good as I ever saw, I mean, I was I was lucky enough to be at the, the Chelsea game, funny enough, uh, where we won 4-0. Yeah. Everybody says that. But my dad got, I don't know how he did it, but he, he got VIP tickets for that game. So we were sitting with the Chelsea fans after a meal with the likes of John Cleese. We were in with the Chelsea pensioners. Uh, so we were trying to keep quiet as each goal went in. Yeah. Um, but Alan Devonshire that day on that pitch just was unreal um and uh he came off with a white kit i think a couple of them have told you that but uh, yeah. he didn't have any mud on him you know yeah. i'd love to have seen him get more caps for england but yeah yeah, yeah. he had a horrific injury and he was still brilliant when he came back so mm. totally uh, so without a doubt Devitt, uh, left midfield and yep. Right midfield, I'm oh, a real difficult one here. I've made my mind up the other day with uh, with the player I'm picking, but then I saw a YouTube video uh, about Trevor Sinclair the other night, and I didn't realise he scored so many goals for us. Yeah. And they were good goals as well. I mean, these aren't tackings; they yeah. were super goals. Um, but I'm going to go for for Mark Ward. Um, purely because I don't think I saw Trevor play live. I think he was injured when I saw the games with that team. And Mark Ward, that one season, 85-86, was just brilliant. Sure. Oh, yeah. he, had, he had absolutely everything. And being being short myself, you know, to see a short guy stick up with the bullies was, uh, was really nice to see. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. so I'm going to go for it with, with, with Wardy. Um, central midfield, um, first guy in there. Billy Bonds, um, can't put him at, well, you could, you could put him at centre-back with Alvin, you could put him at right-back, but central midfield, uh, he was, how that guy never got a cap, just, yeah. I mean, when you see some of the players that have had caps now and since, I mean, uh, crazy, isn't it? It's, it's just, it's just shocking. Give them out now, really, it seems, they give them out to players who have like two or three good games. And they, they give out you know a, a complimentary England cap, and it's like you look at someone like Bonzo, and it's like especially when you look at how many like how many caps someone like Emlyn Hughes got, and it's like mm. come on, you know. I know. Well, you look at um, Peter Reed, for instance. Yeah. Now Peter Reed was a great player. Don't get me wrong, um, but I think if you compared the two, I, I Bonzo had more to him. Yeah. Peter Reed was quite slow, um, uh, but Bonzo just—he was as good as somebody like Peter Reed. So, yeah. really surprising. Uh, maybe if Ron Green would have been manager a few years before, um, you never know. But what a career! Um, really nice guy as well, apparently. And uh, mm. it, yeah, he's just an absolute legend. Um, yeah. Uh, and then probably my favourite player of all time next to Trevor Brookie. Um, and, uh, just absolutely sublime. I mean, I'm, I, I was lucky enough to meet Trevor a couple of times and you couldn't wish for a nicer guy. No. Oh, he's an absolute gentleman. Um, and um, the, the biggest, and, and you, you could see this on YouTube when you're watching Trevor's best goals or, or whatever, 
he did the best biggest compliment I can give him is that he did the same thing all the time. So people obviously knew what he was going to do, but they couldn't stop him. Nah. I mean, yeah. it's the way that a throw-in would be taken, and he'd let the ball just run past his body. Uh, but the guy was just, he was marking him, was still standing where he yeah. was a minute ago. Um, but amazing goal and in the cup final as well. So uh, it's got to be Trevor. Uh, so Bonzo and Trevor in the, in the middle. Can I have a sub, Russ? I can give you a sub. Who do you want to have a sub? Thank, thank you. Thank you. Uh, my first centre forward, um, again, he's a hero of mine. I, I was lucky enough about 10 years ago for about four years there used to be a i don't think we can name company names on on in public but there was a company that used to do uh, uh football matches at um upton park oh yeah yep. uh, and uh one of the internet groups uh of hammers put together a, a team we'd never met met each other and we all turned up and we played and it was frank magarini's tournament and um obviously I did the same tournament for about four years in a row, and Frank is such a genuine guy. Um, yeah. I, I, I'm a bit deaf, so at times I'm in subtitles with him, but uh, <laughs> he's uh, he's such a genuine guy. And my, my claim to fame, apart from scoring at Upton Park, which was an absolute delight for me, was marking Frank at a corner in one of those games. And uh, I'm five foot five. Yeah. He's one of the best strikers that's ever lived, and uh, I've got no chance at that point. I think he ended it straight in, I didn't even move. So, uh, yeah, he, he's just a lovely fella. And, and yeah. that season, he was just unplayable. He was brilliant. Yeah. Um, another centre forward just uh, is Paolo Di Canio. Um, and my sub is going to be Tony Cotty, and the, the, I, I really couldn't decide between them. And the reason why I've gone for Paolo is that you, you'll, you'll obviously remember the classic goal against Wimbledon. Yeah. Uh, the, uh, the, the volley. And the week before that, my father passed away suddenly. Um, so that week, obviously, you know, grief doesn't let you feel like doing much. No, of course. Um, and just before that game, I can remember my other half of the time said, watch the football this afternoon, do, do something. And it was that Wimbledon game. And when he scored that briefly, you know, the, the smile came back. And uh, it's incredible how football has that ability. It is, yeah. It is. Um, to just bring you, you know, just bring a smile to your face. Escapism as well, isn't it? Exactly. And I can remember looking up and thinking Dad would have liked that. Yeah. You know? uh, yeah. I, yeah, I know exactly how you feel. You know, it's just absolute cracking. I mean, what, what a player. I mean, just a typical West Ham player, wasn't he? I mean, you must have seen him live many yeah, times. Those times, yeah, he was, uh, he was, uh, well, he was an entertainer. He was a, it was, he was a foot. It was a, the purest sense of a football player. You know, mm. we, yeah, we we don't go to football to win the game. We go to football to be entertained. Um, pretty much safe for West Ham. You have got no chance of winning nothing. But um, so, for, like, so for Paolo, he just brought that entertainment value that. To be honest, I think you know we we until recently we were, we were lacking. You know we wouldn't you, know, you wouldn't look forward to going to watch football. Um, it was mm. a bit of a chore um, last few years. I think it's fair to say. Um, but that era, you with the Can era, that Redknapp era, you would literally turn up every Saturday. Yeah. And and not know what's going to happen. Yeah. No idea. Um, and 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 that's that's what was so fascinating about that time. And Paolo was was the sort of the the spearhead of that of that era, because yeah. it all stems from him. If he was up for a good day, you're up for a good day, you know. But if he was going to have a, what, a tantrum day, you were going to get a different side of him. And it's in, it was entertaining. Yeah, it was a bugger. He, you know, mm. he didn't travel up north, you know, north of Watford Gap. But you know, he was a West Ham. He was a West Ham player. You know, he was a typical West Ham player, flamboyant, passionate. Oh. Um, would would have a moan up and and i think that's why people loved him and i think he loved us and we loved him now that we we revived his career um you know we should never have really got him really um he didn't push over a referee um and because of that marriage us us and him he went from a 
okay player at Sheffield Wednesday. Yeah. Okay, him and Carbone were okay. They were, you know, a little bit, you know, a little bit fancy Dan, a little bit show really. Um he then became this player that, you know, if you talk about Premier League greats, he's in that list. You know, it is Zola, Burkamp, oh. Omri, Decanio, you know, Jogba. He's in that group and he wouldn't have been in that group if it wasn't for West Ham. Um, I know. I mean, it's incredible as well when you look. He, he never got a cap. Um, I was yeah. shocked when I was looking through the international caps. He never got a full cap for Italy. Yeah. Um, I mean, out of those players, the most caps was was Trevor with 47. Yeah. But after that, Al, Alvin at 17. I mean, it, it's ridiculous. Like, Tony Gotti, only seven caps. I mean, it... it it baffles me. I mean, um, but Decanio never, never to get a cap. I mean, you know, I mean, there's some mavericks in there without a doubt. Um, I mean, I've just got to, if you don't mind, I've just got to mention others. On, I mean, play like Rob Green, you know, the uh, the, the youngsters uh, are mentioned, and players like Ian Bishop. I mean, I love love the Ian Bishop, Steve Lomas. People actually forget with uh, the the hearts and kitchen thing they always get the credit rightly so for helping us avoid relegation that year yeah. but people forget that lomas came at the same time yeah um and made a big difference in in, in the midfield yeah um mark noble yossi benium sinclair alan dickens pat holland graham padden dean ashton david cross i mean david cross was a magnificent forward. yeah he Absolutely was brilliant yeah uh Hartson, Goddard, Pop Robson and um and Tevez, you know, had his had his yeah. moments. I've just got to say, for, for, for absolute ability and on one season, the only right reason why Pyatt doesn't get in the team is because of the way he left, really. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um because uh he, he could have been a legend. Yeah. And, and what's he done since? I mean, I'm, I've heard, really. Uh, probably playing okay. okay for Marseille, but yeah, um, I that's mean, you know, for pure talent, he was fantastic. Oh yeah, he. I mean, that, but that's what they do, isn't it? it it's it's. Um, he was one of those players that, I mean, <clears throat> you forget how much of an impact he made for such a short amount of time he was at the club. Um, mm. Maybe since Tevez, I've been funny, Terry. Yeah, Tevez. I mean, you know, we turn up for half a season, really, um, but made an incredible impact. And I just think, um, yeah, well, I've. I, I, I mean, for me, Paolo, uh, not Paolo, but one <laughs> Payet was technically the best player I've ever seen at West Ham from a technical perspective. He was. He did things of I've mm. never seen done before. Um, but yeah, he didn't have that passion, and 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 that, and that's why you know Payet um, De Canio would always be my favourite player of all time. But Payet mm. was my with the most technical players because it's like the Kenya had all the, all the facets to be a, a you know West Ham great in my absolutely and I think you'll find with that 12 as well um they all still hold a passion for the club I think mm. um, yeah. you, you've interviewed quite a lot of them and uh they've all got that you know even Paolo you know he still yeah. loves loves the club and that's the reason why I've gone for for those guys you know they gave me some great memories and uh Highs and lows. Um, I think that team would probably win the league. Yeah, definitely, definitely. No, I, I totally agree with that, Chris. You definitely uh, there's, there's lots of uh, lots in their pomp as well. Those players in their pomp would be uh, oh yeah. hard to oh. beat, hard to beat. But uh, Chris, mate, it's been lovely chatting. And, and you, Russ, and you. It's been lovely well, chatting. Thank you. Great uh, meeting you. Thank you. Thank you so much for your time as well. Uh, and obviously, thank you to everyone who's been listening as well on YouTube or Spotify, whatever. Um, give it a like, give it a share. And um, from myself and from Chris, uh, take care, everyone. Stay safe. You on the hammers. Come on, you irons. That's it. Oh, good, mate. Go. Come on, you irons. Have and a good Christmas. <laughs> very, very soon. Have a lovely Christmas, everyone. Podcast Network.
Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.